either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. And we're back. Look at that, Marco. It's uh, it's lockdown time. Don't, don't move. Don't move. You're, you're in. You're in your spot. Stay in your spot. Stay in your lane. Especially when you're in the middle of the desert, where you feel already locked down in Vegas. Like you know, how much is this coffee? You want it? That's just, that's how much it costs. So you want to go somewhere else? But this is something more. You have to wait uh, David, in line 45 minutes to find out how much it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> you pay with your time and your money, but that's that's a conversation for for another time. We're connected, streaming live from uh, Las Vegas, or at least uh, the people that are there. And uh, we right. made a joke about lockdown. David, what's going on? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm currently locked down uh, because <laughs> the vice president of the United States is in town. And uh, she's giving a speech to the Union of Steelworkers. I think that's disappointed a lot of people who thought she was coming to Black Hat. But there you go. Ah, yeah, yeah. That would have been something. That would make a statement, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alas, uh, you get us. <laughs> yeah, I think the steelworkers are more important than us, right? <laughs> exactly. We got to we got to build stuff. We'll we'll save the, the we'll save society digitally, and uh, they can they can keep building uh, smart cities with steel. But um, David, it's great to great to see you, and uh, glad you made the journey from the UK to Vegas, uh, safe and sound. Uh, what's going on? Well, um, obviously we're back really properly for the first time. Uh, there's a lot of people here, I think. Um, people are sort of starting to feel a little bit more confident about traveling and, and obviously visiting these events. Uh, interestingly, there's a, not a sort of mandatory mask policy at Black Hat. It's kind of recommended, but there's, there's really uh, relatively few people wearing masks. But at B-sides uh, and at 
um, DEFCON, it's a mandatory mask policy. So uh, I'm not sure what the scientific outcome will be after all of this, um, but uh, at least the talks are good so far. <laughs> well, tell, tell us about those. What have you, uh, what have you seen? Well, um, so I popped down to B-Sides yesterday and I was hanging around the I'm the Cavalry um, track, which is largely policy related. Uh, so Bo Woods and Josh Corman, who set up I'm the Cavalry, have done an absolutely fantastic job of bringing together the hacking community and also uh, sort of policymakers and, and people in federal agencies and across the world, really. And um, it was great to see, you know, what we've sort of collectively achieved in, in different areas, whether it be medical device security uh, or, or IoT security or automotive security. They, those two guys and, and the collective of people around them are, have really, really, um, you know, changed the world. Uh, so that was that was brilliant. And there's sort of emerging conversations that have been coming out of that that are really national policy issues in the United States and across the world. So things like uh, software bill of materials is, is a quite a critical conversation this week. And even going into Black Hat and then DEF CON, because DEF CON for the first time has a full policy stream, which is kind of unusual, really, because you don't really think that the hackers would kind of be involved with these types of policy issues. But Actually, a lot of the issues that we're seeing, a lot of the stuff that security researchers uncover have a really direct relation to policy. So some really cool stuff around um, uh, the right to repair, um, the risks for food security in uh, sort of e-agriculture or connected agriculture, and um, a lot of cool talks around uh, automotive as well. A lot of uh, things that hit society uh, directly, and uh, I mean, Josh and Josh and Bo, they do so much, and you, you throw in the biohacking village uh, into the mix, and those guys really move the needle. I had to say that. That's pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and you know, I think you know, not everybody has the ability to sort of lead and bring people with them, and to and to connect those two completely different worlds. And they've done such a good job. And obviously, they've been involved in CISA as well. So CISA are quite active here. Uh, and um, yeah, talking to a lot of people. But the other thing that I've noticed as well, and the talk that I've just come out of is, uh, uh, is obviously Ukraine. And uh, the that have happened so far have been absolutely rammed. You know, people are very, very interested in, in what's happening there. Um, and also for people who, who haven't been speaking here, because if you think when the CFPs uh, for Black Hat and DEF CON took place and people were preparing talks, there wasn't actually a war in Ukraine. So um, it, it's, it's been kind of interesting because some of the talks that I would have expected to be here um, are not. Um, there's, there's a company called Adaptive Mobile who've done a lot of work on mobile attacks in Ukraine. Um, but of course, they, they didn't expect to be doing that talk uh, this year. Um, but ESET uh, this morning gave a presentation on Industroyer 2, um, which is a follow-up to their presentation in 2017 um, at Black Hat, um, which was really centered around the sandworm uh, actor and what was going on around uh, disabling the uh, the sort of uh, country's um, electricity network um, uh, through various uh, various mechanisms. And there was a further attempt this year, and they essentially managed to stop it. And so the talk was all about that. And they had uh, Victor Zora there, who's who um, is uh, the state service of special communications. Um, uh, in Ukraine and 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 
he explains how they worked with um, the sort of different providers and different companies to get the IOCs out really, really quickly, uh, how the attack worked and so on. And it was really incredible to see, you know, how organized the response was. Um, and it prevented, uh, you know, a, a mass blackout across across the entire country of Ukraine. Yeah, it, uh, the thing that you're touching now is really relevant and it's coming out, I think, with almost everyone that we're talking to. And I'm going to quote uh, Miko that we talked to him yesterday, Miko Hippon. And, and he, he concluded when I said, you know, what is different now compared with 31 years ago when you started? It's like, is that now we don't just fix vulnerability on hardware or software we're just actually fixing try to fix or prevent problem in society which is a very big responsibility but just what you said it it it, it, it just show this it show the fact that it's not this hypothetical situation anymore but actually all the legwork that we've done in this industry uh well i wish we didn't need it but at least we are somehow more prepared now so very yeah, and very important what came through what came through to me in that talk and it's something obviously i chair the mobile industries fraud and security group and we're dealing with a lot of legacy protocols you know we it's very difficult to get rid of them because of the economic cost of uh, all this legacy equipment from years and years ago and you see this in the automotive domain as well and in this case as well there was a very legacy protocol that was used in the uh, sort of electrical and ot world um no authentication and so it was actually relatively easy for the attacker to to target that particular thing it was kind of you know it was all to do electrical control equipment and so you know we when you've got a very very serious threat actor and they can spend a lot of time on very obscure equipment and 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 very carefully craft an attack um you, you have to wonder you know, how easy it is for us to be able to defend against that stuff. But what has been shown is that that sort of multi-layered response, not just about the technical responses we have, but being organized in advance and being prepared uh, has enabled us to collectively stop what is essentially evil. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, there's no other word for it, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to get a sense of it yet or not, um, but are you seeing a sense of collaboration that perhaps might be different than, than years past um, in terms of, yeah, technology, te technology collaborations, information sharing collaborations, uh, companies coming together? Or what are you seeing here, hearing? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's gradually been going that way anyway, to be honest with you. But I think the, the sort of lingua franca of these cross-industry initiatives, you know, uh, people, you know, when people say the word amber, everybody understands what they mean. But even like probably 10 years ago, a lot of people wouldn't understand what that really meant. And so I think that's really sort of smoothing the way. Um, the same with the, the different sort of policy discussions as well. Um, I think we we all recognize where the problems are. There's a multilateral response and collaborative response. Um, so IoT security is a very, very good example uh, where um, the initiatives in the US and the UK and in Europe are very well aligned. We're all easily saying the same things. And we and really everybody in the world wants the same thing, which is to avoid some kind of real serious safety scenario. And I think that's where also the security researchers align 
with with industry and governments there is that um you know fundamentally a, a lot of the hacking community want to do good and they don't want this stuff to be totally insecure and that's and they they often highlight that left space for you marco and you didn't take it <laughs> Jeez. I know I'm retweeting stuff. Sorry. I'm uh, retweeting to people to follow this. I'm working. It's not that I'm tweeting other things. No, uh, I, I, one thing that I'm curious because um, the globality, right, of, of things and how we are learning how everything is so well connected, and how the the old distribution chain. It's you know you, you break a piece here and we're all stuck. I mean this war is showing something like this. Do you have a perspective being, you know, in, in the UK and, and working with, with the US and other part of the world that there is some sort of a global community that comes together or or is still about more like country wise initiative and we're missing that cohesion and that strategy that we can all have and maybe prevent more problems? Yeah, well, it's really interesting, actually, because it's it's it feels like a two faced problem. So on the one hand, there's a hell of a lot of collaboration. So, uh, you know, in, in my own industry, from every single country, from from companies globally um, trying to protect their citizens. But then on the other hand, we see bifurcation in the Internet. Um, we see, you know, with Russia shutting down to create Runet. Um, we see um, the actions of the Chinese state as well. And, you, you know, you, you realize that actually, you know, even though at a human level, we are all the same. And certainly when we're talking to an engineering level, everybody's working collaboratively. collaboratively. At a political level, um, that isn't the case. And I think you do kind of stop stop yourself sometimes and realize that actually, um, you know, some countries want to do your country harm and not everybody actually likes each other. So um, it's um, finding a sort of path through that because on supply chain, particularly, um, you know, we've, we've come, gone to a state where everything is globalized and then the pandemic and, and, and various sort of tensions around the world have caused that to be disrupted. And what I've seen is that that sort of caused a bit of an entrenchment by all countries to look towards you know more domestic manufacturer for 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 things you know to ensure resiliency and 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 to reduce supply chain risk but that's causing a lot of disruption and um it's simply not possible in some cases to completely make yourself um self-sufficient um you know everything from raw materials um to uh, glass for fiber optics you know there are different specialisms around the world and you can't just say oh yeah well we'll just do that now um it's it's simply not possible to do that at least not in the short term um but i think even in the longer term you know uh, there are certain places in the world that you can get certain raw materials and that's just a fact so David, we, you and I had the, uh, I had the pleasure of chatting with you um, on an episode of Redefining Cybersecurity. We talked about IoT and uh, consumer privacy. Um, my sense for these conferences, it, they tend to focus on the B two B, right? So business operations and and maybe maybe some of the uh, building hardware. When you get into DEF CON, you have the hardware security stuff, uh, building IoT devices secure. 
Uh, are you seeing much, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's coming through in some of the stuff that the, the policy uh, things you're focusing on gets into consumer privacy? Because clearly we talked in depth about consumer privacy, touched specific to IoT, but what, what are your, what's your sense of privacy is, uh, from a consumer perspective uh, thus far? I would say that it's very low down the agenda. Um, and, and that's not because there, there aren't very real concerns about this. Um, I think, you know, obviously there was a lot of focus on privacy in the past few years because of GDPR and because of CCPA and so on. Um, but I think that the very, the, the sort of pendulum has swung at the moment towards very real operational security issues because of the, the issues that we face around the world and the issues that we face with a pandemic. So, um, yeah, I would say it's really not a primary focus at this event. Um, but, of course, it's part of the job role of, of the majority of the business people here and, and a concern of everybody here. You know, we all, we all uh, want our data to stay private. Yeah. So yeah. I know it's just the beginning and I'm assuming you'll be there for a few days. I don't know if you're going to hit DEF CON as well, but uh, is there something that you, you hope to to see that you haven't or hear that you haven't heard yet? Or maybe something that when you look at the agenda of the keynotes and the speakers are like, yeah, this is interesting, but I wish they would talk more about this. And I'm just connecting with what you just said right now, but something at a larger scale. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, I think uh, um, Chris Krebs said in his opening talk, you know, it's like, right, you know, what next? Where where are we going from here? And I feel that myself is, you know, we've done a heck of a lot to, to, to pass things into law and to regulate and to take defensive action. Uh, but as the world has suddenly kind of, gone into upheaval um there is this kind of taking stock that's going on right now and and, and of course i mean the other thing about um defcon as well particularly i think is that the talk schedule is probably not what it would have been in normal years um so i think it's that that sort of introspection that's going on with everybody um interestingly i was talking to a colleague as well um so we would have seen in previous years of course you know people dropping over days uh, really kind of cool interesting i think uh it went in full lockdown there <laughs> the computer took it <laughs> took the advice i think they shut down the internet because uh, the vice president uh, and uh, uh david uh, i'm afraid that uh, we we have a, a live problem here a live a live streaming problem oh you're back uh, i think back yeah. yeah, we kind of lost about probably lost the it. totality of the last thing that you said. So, <laughs> Okay, okay uh, what was I saying? <laughs> um, okay, so I'll start again. Um, so one thing I have observed, and I was talking to a colleague about this the other day, is that, you know, in previous years we would have had, you know, uh, lots of old days and uh, really, really interesting talks in new areas that nobody had looked at. And I feel like we've kind of done a lot of that now. Um, so some of the talks are, are very measured uh, or you have uh, somebody like Google, for example, talking about stuff they themselves have found in Android. And it doesn't feel like it had the, the sort of like edgy vibe to it it used mm. to have. 
And I wonder if that is just a reflection on the fact that things like vulnerability disclosure is so mature now, and we've grown up as a hacking community as well about how to deal with these things properly. So um, I'm not saying that it's job done by any means, but there's definitely a, a maturity in, in what's going on here. Um, but then, you know, I, I'm giving a talk in the car hacking village on Friday about a car hacking rig that we've put together. Um, you know, the, there as there's an increasing exposure of the attack surface on certain uh, sort of legacy devices that are now getting loads and loads of functionality. They're connected to the internet and then you can do micropayments and all this kind of stuff. So we're probably entering a new era that we don't properly understand of future attacks. And as I say, we're sort of in this take stock stage of, you know, where do we go next? Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the villages, and to your point, um, the, the talks uh, at DEF CON are, are certainly different. And I think the, the goal is to really get hands-on with the things that we're using in our world, right? Um, so perhaps a little less of the zero-day dropping and more of the how does this stuff work and how does it impact society and, and let's let's get our hands dirty in this stuff. And uh, it's great to... Great to hear that you have that uh, that session, that talk. I, I believe we just actually recorded our uh, chats on the road with with Justin from Car Hacking Village, cool. and uh, cool. so we we know that uh, the, the talks will be on their YouTube channel, so folks uh, can catch your talk uh, on the Car Hacking Village YouTube, and uh, hopefully then if they're there in Vegas, they can also stop by and and check out the village and and mess around with things there. Well, David. Um, Anything else? Any any other final thoughts before we uh, say goodbye and, and hit our next uh, next guest on the stream? Well, no, um, it's been it's been fantastic to be here, and um, yeah, just hope that everyone um, who is here just stays safe and um, and that we have a good event. Uh, I will get round to um, submitting my uh, talk on hacking uh, cat flaps at some point. Uh, I just haven't got round to it yet. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. No, I, I have to thank you because I think you made some point really, really relevant that kind of made me thought about how you have to kind of tone down the language or change the language when you're starting to bring not just the techie, you know, the hacking community, but also the policymakers, the business. And then it's kind of like, yeah, it's softened, but maybe reach more people. So actually, I'd love to talk about this point on, on a future podcast with you, maybe, because I think it's a very important uh, way to look at the industry from a third, maybe from an, an outside perspective and see what is going on in, in this glass, this globe, uh, glass globe. But again, as Sean said, it was a pleasure having you. I hope we keep you company while you were locked in the, you know, in the, in, in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a pleasure for us. So uh, we, hopefully others locked down. Maybe we kept them company as well. Who knows? Yeah, let's, yeah I, let's might see have, who, I might have to watch the podcast the while, while I'm stuck here. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank All you right. very much. Be safe. Thanks, David. Enjoy. Good to see you. Safe journey. Enjoy the, enjoy the week. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. We have uh, loads more today and uh, lots more throughout the rest of the week. So stay tuned. ITSPmagazine.com forward slash BHDC22. 
Sentara, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our On Location Conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.